0: We're going to start a new series today, and uh, had a little struggle with the title, but um, so I came up with this title called The Right Price, and we're going to talk about true honor. My thought was, what if I named it The Price is Right? Then I thought people might think about get your pet spayed and neutered, and I thought that might not be good, so... In the back of your mind, the idea is when we're talking about this subject, um, the idea is the right price, or the price is right. And we'll explain that as we move along, because honor is something that's super uh, valued in the kingdom of God, and, and the world needs to see value uh, and, and honor and see this in the kingdom. Because in the world, we don't always see honor as we ought to. It's not always taught um, from a biblical standpoint. And uh, we're going to get into this because the benefits of true honor and us uh, acting in honor are tremendous. The benefits for us uh, just the order of the kingdom, it is huge. So I'm going to read a verse, and it may be our kickoff verse, you know, where we look at this. But Romans, the 13th chapter, and we may look at this verse again and again and get into it later. But right now, if you will, turn to Romans, the 13th chapter, and we will begin reading in the 13th chapter, the 7th verse. Romans 13, verse Seven. It says this: render or give. Therefore, to all their due. There are some things that are due. If you have a house and you haven't paid it off, there's a house payment that comes due, right? How many don't wish that was like that? You know, like you've got a house and it's due. There are things that are due that God expects us to pay for and or take care of. And so he said, after that, taxes to whom taxes are due. There are things that are due, so we need to pay our taxes. Right? Not cheat on our taxes, but just pay our taxes. Custom to whom customs are due. Fear. To whom fear or reverence. And then it says honor to whom honor is due. So there is a statement right there that there are people, or you could say this, things that need to be honored. And he said not just only are they honorable, we have a responsibility to give honor to them or give honor. Uh, fear or respect or reverence to those things and so if we did name this the price is right true honor well then we would have to look at the price is right game show right anybody remember that still on tv it's still a big thing not that i watched i haven't watched it in a long time but when i have watched it and anybody who has watched the price is right or we could call it the Right Price. We know this, there is a fundamental principle in virtually all the games. You need to kind of guess, and the more educated you are, the better your guess can be for the prize. And then the object is to, when it's your turn, you don't just get to yell it out, but when it's your turn, you tell them the price. Are you with me? You tell them the price you think it is, and the idea of the game is get as close as you can be to the value of the price, right? And without going over, and when you do that, and you're the closest one, ding, 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 ding. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. I knew it was coming. And so, but you think about that game show. How many of you have ever watched the Price is Right, and thought, this person has no right to be on this show. How many of us have watched The Price is Right, and there's like a toaster, and somebody's like, $475, and you're screaming at your TV, no, lower, or they're like, you know, it's a motorcycle, you know, $125, and you're, you're screaming higher, higher haven't we done that before? Maybe not with this game show, but others were like, what are you thinking? Nobody's ever done that? Okay, thank you. I know you have. And she's like, no. But we've all probably done that, you know, where we are, we would be probably good audiences. Because you ever seen those audiences on that game show? They're like, okay, what are you going to do? And then they're kind of Look bewildered and everybody, they're like, uh, seven, and everybody's all higher, higher. Or they yell, lower, lower, and they're like, uh, six, lower, and uh, five. And they're influenced about, th- on this game show, and the idea is to hit the right price. You might say, why are we talking, aren't we talking about honor, true honor? Yeah, And if we realize what true honor is, um, honor is based on a fixed value. Honor is based on an ascribed value. The higher the price tag that is already pre-attached, isn't there greater honor? I mean, if you go to the science fair and all the projects are made out of toothpicks, you know, from school, you ever been to those, or matchsticks? You're not too concerned about your six-year-old kid leaning on projects. Eh, Don't do that. You go to the Louvre or some fancy museum and you've got a six-year-old kid running around, you're like, ugh. You know, you never thought of a leash until that day (laughs) for your kid. Why? Because all of a sudden there's a scribed value that's way higher than a matchstick fort that your kid built in fourth grade or third grade compared to this sculpture that was made a thousand years ago out of marble and uh, six-year-old kid banging into the fort? Yeah, six-year-old kid banging into that sculpture and it falls over? Uh, What's the difference? Value. And value is directly connected to honor. And so when we go into this subject, when we talk about, we talk about honor that is due, realize this concerning honor, um, there is an ascribed price from God already on things. But that doesn't mean I am discerning the right price. You know, People who have knowledge might be going higher, higher. People who have knowledge might be going lower, lower. You know, there are certain things that people honor in the earth because they see great value in it. But from God's standpoint, it's not honorable. In other words, they have put the price too high, therefore they honor it at a real high price. And so we can see this readily in uh, realizing God himself. I mean, think about um, God. We're probably believers here for the most part, or, or at least tend toward believing. And so we have to a degree, or, or maybe we're just coming to find out about God, and we literally recognize there might be a big price there. There might be something of real big value in this subject of God. Others have already found out the true value, or at least somewhat see the true value, and realize, man, this is really high. And uh, But when it really comes to God, when we're talking about honor, we're talking about God as being the biggest, most valuable thing in the world. Being anywhere. There's nobody even that compares on the price tag. So if we would act a certain way at some fancy museum and go, whoa, be careful how you honor these things. You know know the rule, no football in the house. It definitely stands no football in this expensive museum. In other words, you're going to act a certain way based on the value of it. Well, when it comes to God, there should be a woe, a reverence, but that reverence is what we would call honor, is directly connected to his true value. Not the value everybody thinks, because you can meet people on the street, and they'll be like, whatever about God, right? People we love. I don't care about him. Well, what they're basically saying is, I don't honor him, I don't value. But here's the thing. It's not that God is not honorable. They just are not seeing his true value. They're not seeing his true uh, woe factor and everything with it. So they put the value of God way down low and wherever they put the honor or the value, that's where honor spins. And that's where honor is. And so it's important for us to guard our own hearts to realize, wow, God, there's none greater. This is not a temporal thing. This is an eternal thing. And when we realize that the Lord Jesus uh, is worth all honor above all things, then basically what we're saying, he's more valuable than anything. And one thing that is true is this, God and his word are one. And so just kind of looking at this before we get into it, this area of honor, we need to realize this, there are things all over the earth that God has put a tremendous value in that if we don't see the value he put in it, then we'll miss honoring these things appropriately. One, one would be human beings. Right? If, if honor is connected to value or what somebody would pay for something, uh, then, and God is the highest, and He has human beings that are His creation who have made a mess of their lives through sin, rebellion, And some people might say, well, my worth is worth very little because I've done worthless things. And I don't know if you notice, if you look at the word worthless, the word worth is in there. When somebody does despicable things, their worth goes down. So somebody might say, well, I'm the worst of the worst, therefore I'm worth less. Well, if I'm not careful, I might start ascribing my value because value, honor, how I honor myself, how I honor other people, I might start to get a little crooked. And it, but it may seem justifiable. But what if my actions are not the end all for my value? Or, or your value. In other words, your value goes up as you do worthwhile things, and there's a dual side to this, and we'll talk about this later in, in detail, and, and I believe it'll help us, but there is an ascribed value to a human. Somebody said, well, what is that value? Well, most of us know the value, and therefore, if we knew the value... We would know that a human, by God's design, uh, needs some honor. Say, what do you mess it mean if people made a mess of their life? Well, remember, God so loved the world, cared about the world, that he paid this incredible price of giving his son. Now, remember, if honor, because these, you can go look these definitions up in a Greek or a concordance or whatever look the word up it literally they're connected to a price so if God gave his son for the world for the person who is a mess then that automatically makes that individual worth a ton. That that means God has honored them, valued them. Not because of their actions, but because of his actions. That's important for the believer to know about themselves because what about when I'm not just hitting the mark? God still honors us because of his son. Are you with me? And that's super important. I remember hearing a a world-known minister, uh, he and his wife were just, you know, they traveled everywhere all over the world, but they had been ministering to a young lady who was local to their area where they lived. And so they would be ministering to her and trying to help her. And she just felt like, you know, I've done so much wrong in my life How can I be of value? And one day this minister and his wife were out walking along this little waterway thing, and he said he had been praying, Lord, help me to get this across to this person, what their real worth is and what their real value is. And he said as he walked along, he looked down and saw what he thought was a coin, and he picked it up and he said it was so beaten He said it was really hard to tell what it was, but he said, oh, this is a quarter. But it's super beaten, and and it's just messed up. And uh, he said that the Lord dealt with him, yeah, but it's still worth a quarter. And people need to realize their worth is still what it is based on value, not always performance. And surely not always our performance. And that's important because otherwise, if I look at my own work sometimes, I start thinking, wow, I'm worth more than everybody because, boy, I'm doing it good. Then the one day you mess up, you're like, ah, there went my value. But my value is not solely connected to what I do. That is for sure. And I'm saying that from your standpoint. And so what I want to do is kind of look at different subjects of honor and, and how we're to honor things. Uh, in in the idea of knowing that there is a price already connected, and the way we're going to find out that price on each thing or person is going to go to the Word of God and look. And then what we would do is we would, uh, once we see what the true value of something is, we would either raise our awareness of that price or and value or lower because you know we can do that if we're not careful we can uh honor something at a level that God doesn't want us to honor it there and we cuz we think oh that's just such a great value now now hollywood you know people uh value um movie stars like man they're the savior of the world now i would be of the opinion That they have gifts that are inherent from God. So there is an ascribed value there. But not everything they do is worthy of honor. From a biblical standpoint. And so we might need to adjust things. Doesn't mean God doesn't love them. Doesn't mean there isn't an ascribed amount of honor due. Just like the president right? It's a valuable office. It doesn't mean the president uh, is executing the office where it's real honorable. But because of the office, we need to be careful. Amen? Because it's a valuable thing. Everybody with me? So where does the highest value and honor go in our lives? Or I should say it this way, where, in, where should it go for everybody? Regardless if people know the true value or not, what is the, the thing in life that would help us most if we could see its true value? What would that be? Turn to Psalm 119, 162. So Psalms, right there about in the middle of your Bible, Psalms 119, now you understand this, we're not trying to put a price on something. We're trying to find out the price God put on it. Then what we're doing is adjusting our viewpoint to the price God put on something. There is a price tag on God that is above anything. We just need to find that. And when we've come to find the Lord, haven't we found, wow, that is the true price. He's above all. More valuable, so therefore, more honorable. More reverential. But notice this. Psalm 119, 162 says, I rejoice at your word. I rejoice... At your word, or we would say today, we rejoice, or we're exceptionally excited about this book. Notice what he said, as one who finds a great treasure, or you could say it like this, uh, he, he found the word and he recognized the tremendous value in the word. What is the highest thing that we are to value in the world, in this life? The, the Bible, the Word. This psalmist said, I found it. I rejoiced in it as one who found great treasure. I mean, a huge treasure. Lots of gold, lots of silver. What was he saying? I put this tremendous value on what he said. If you go down to the 65th verse of that same chapter, it says, Great peace have those who love or really highly value above all things his word. And then he said, Nothing will cause them to stumble or will offend them. The peace will be the reward. When we honor his word. Now, I want to say this when we talk about honor and honoring God's word or evaluating his word, all we're doing is finding out what's already there. Whether others like it or not, whether others put the price at 10, somebody else 20. Well, I'm good because I put it at 30, but it's really 40. Well, then, then what I want to do is not look at how other people are honoring, valuing. I want to look at what's really there. We know heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. But what will it do for us if we can really um, see the true value of God's word? It will open you to miracles It will open you up to divine intervention in your life. It it will take the struggle out of certain things. Because when we esteem or recognize the real price and, uh, and, and give it its place of the word, it will infuse you with faith that will move a mountain that will settle you in peace. If we can do this. Turn to Matthew the 8th chapter. Matthew the 8th chapter. And we're going to see that um, this was a key channel in how people got miracles and had God do wonderful things in their life in the ministry of Jesus. Let me make this statement. Not because they were religious. Being religious or being pious is not the key. It really uh, comes down to uh, seeing the true value that's in the Lord and in His Word. And when I can really see that and treat it that way, it'll open you up to tremendous things. Tremendous things. Tremendous peace. Tremendous miracles. Seeing God do things in your life. And uh, I'm going to say this again. This is not because you're religious or more holy or better than somebody else. This is important. Because of the story we're about to look at. Jesus is going to make some statements about this person. And he's going to even say, You're not even a religious person. You're not even of the covenant. You're an outsider. But he met this one qualification that we've been talking about. And it wasn't based on how good he was or how bad he was, it was based on what he saw the true value of God is and really God's word. Are you ready? Matthew 8, verse 7, and Jesus said to him, and this is this centurion who was a a leading person there that people knew, he he had soldiers under him, and he said, I will come and heal him. So we jumped right into this story where this guy needs healing for a servant, and uh, so Jesus said, yeah, I'll come and I'll do this for you. But then we're about to see something that really is the key to ongoing miracles, divine influence. Notice this, the centurion, which means he was a ranking military official, had a hundred people under him, answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another one, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 10, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed him assuredly, I have not found such great faith not in Israel. Well, what was this great faith? What, what, what made this faith great? What, what made him a person of great faith? Well... He wasn't a covenant person. He wasn't a religious person. So it couldn't have been his religious affiliation because he goes to the first Pentecostal church or the first Baptist church or the third Methodist church or the Presbyterian church. Or It couldn't have been any of, any of those because that... he said, I haven't even found this anywhere among religious people and this guy's not religious. But he has knocked it out of the park with this statement he made. And he wasn't trying to impress Jesus with statements because that doesn't work either. He was just flat saying, listen, you and your words are valuable. Go down to the 13th verse. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way as you have believed, so let it be done to you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Well, what are some observations here that made for this uh, great faith that I've not seen anywhere? Notice honor is in this hugely. It's huge. We can see this because he made statements like he even says, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. What does it mean, I'm not worthy? You know, I think back of what's the movie Wayne's World when they see Alice Cooper and they fall down and we're not worthy, we're not worthy. They're acting like they're worshiping him. Well, but what does that mean, we're not worthy? Well, here it means I'm not worth. Remember, honor, value. I'm not worth. Now, he wasn't saying I'm worth nothing. Because he knew he had worth. He knew he had natural status. He wasn't saying, oh, I'm worthless, I'm just a dirtbag, and nobody loves me, And but you're so honorable, Lord. He wasn't saying that at all. As a matter of fact, he knew his value. He even said, I'm, I'm somebody with rank. I'm somebody with authority. My words mean something because I have rank. But... I recognize my rank is not anywhere where your rank is your value's way up here. So, I know my words work and I tell soldiers, so basically what he was doing was he was just giving a proper assessment of himself. He wasn't belittling himself, but what he was doing was compared to him, he said, "I'm not worth in my value." compared to your value, that you should come under my roof. You are so incredible, and just like I have authority and I have a position and I'm able to say, and people who are under my domain uh, have to respond, I recognize your value and that everything is under your domain. And there is no value greater than you, so all you have to do is say a word and I will accept the value that's in your word because right now I'm just all he was doing was saying, listen, I know where my value is. I see where your value is. I'm putting my value on you. I'm trying to couple my value to the true value that's in you. And when he was able to do that, he honored him. When he honored him, he just said, your word will work, because it's way above everything. It will work. It does work. Not based on me, not based on others, just its inherent value. See, when people try to mix their value, their own value to his value and mix it together to try to get it to work, it kind of fizzles it out. When you come as you are and just go, this is it. That's the value. It's above everything else. This little bump, lump, this little bill, whatever it is, all of them are little compared to him. Mm -hmm. This little sin way up here all you have to do is just if i can find somewhere where it's written or that that you said it but the problem is when we don't value it that way right jesus worked a tremendous miracle but really the miracle was based on how much was his word honored what value because the word and the lord are one because you can't know the lord by your feelings you gotta know him by his word because some days you may wake up going, woohoo, And other days you may wake up going, woo-hoo. But his love didn't change. Because, you know, I don't find a verse where it says, when you wake up feeling this way, woohoo, hoo But when you wake up feeling this way, woo-hoo. Now we all like to wake up and go, woo-hoo. But it doesn't change the value of his word. Now that being said, remember when Jesus in Matthew 12 and in Mark 6, he came to his own country and he tried to do a miracle for them. He wanted to do something good for them. He attempted. Mark 6, 2 through 5. He attempted to do miracles. And it said he couldn't do a mighty work there. But he wanted to. Have you ever read on it? Said, he said, a prophet is not without honor. Literally, value. And then he names except among these people. In other words, these people didn't see his true value, so they didn't honor him at that level, and though the Lord attempted to do a miracle, what what was the key to getting them where this outsider was? All came down to what kind of value did they see? Now, but here's the thing. You could have a false value in a false religion. But there is an ascribed reality to the value of the Lord and His Word. And whether anybody else believes it or not, if you will take with your heart and count Him as the greatest treasure and His Word is the greatest treasure, your honor is just going to start climbing. It'll match The value. When we honor people, what are we doing? We're going, oh, their price. There is a honor that's based on God ascribed, and then there is a connection and another part of worthy works, worth works to match the honor. But we don't want to get into that. But this right here is solely how you approach the Lord for a miracle. As a matter of fact, this goofed me up when I was trying to get my life right with God back in 1985. I literally had this idea Lord, I'll get my life in a good place, then I'll come to you. I was trying to up my value, trying to up my worth. Make it worthy of coming to Him. That's such a dangerous thing. Because why? Because now He owes me something. Just a side thought. You know 2 Corinthians 5.21? Anybody know that verse? He who knew no sin was made to be sin on our behalf so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Him. Haven't we, a lot of us, heard that? But, but if we really look at that, it could help us in this area of honor. Because if you really looked at that, you could say it like this, God treated Jesus like it was me. Like He was me. Like everything I did wrong, everything. Because remember, Him who knew sin, no sin... So he treated Jesus like he was me. That's why he went to the cross. He treated Jesus like he was you. Every failure, every goof up, everything you were going to ever do, he treated him like Jesus deserved this because of you. So he treated Jesus like he treated, would have treated you. But now you gotta realize this this is a payment. This is a value thing we're talking about. So this is an honor thing we're talking about. So then you have to look at the same thing. If he treated Jesus already, Like he would have treated you with all that you've done. He went through the treatment for you. Notice it says, He became sin, who knew no sin, that you might be made the righteousness of God in him. So he treated Jesus, now listen, he treated Jesus because this was a payment. It's an honor thing. God values humans beyond Many times, comprehension. Because he treated him like he would have treated you. So now he treats you like he treated Jesus. What do I mean? He treated Jesus like he never sinned. He treated Jesus like he was in good standing. So Jesus went on that side so that he would, God would treat him like you all his punishment so God could treat you like he treated Jesus and like he treats him, clean, without guilt. That's what that verse said. You can argue with it if you want to, but you might as well surrender because it was his deal, his payment. In other words, when he watched Jesus go down, he was watching you go down. When he was watching Jesus be punished, he was watching you be punished. But it wasn't you being punished. For the sole purpose that later on, when we came along, there would already be a payment made for right standing without guilt, without shame. And so now he could look at us like he looked at Jesus. So he looked at Jesus like it was you. He looks at us like we're Jesus. Now, you could hear that wrong. I'm, you know, I got a little whiskers, so I look more like Jesus than maybe you do. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about he became substitute. It's all about, if we realize this, he set the value so I could go to him boldly and walk in victory. And he treated him one way, so when he saw Jesus dying and suffering and pain and going through it for the bad, he was watching what you did right there. So he could go look at you now and go, ah, good standing. That's not always how we've heard it, but that's how it's written. So back to our friend. You say, what friend? This centurion. He said, I'm not worthy And all he was doing was ranking God's word to a high, high place. And do you know, this doesn't take anything. All it takes is a mentality of honesty to just look at the true value of God's word. Whether everybody or nobody looks at it as a valuable thing. If we can just see the inherent value that God and his word are one and I just honor his word, it will open us up in ways that uh, would do wonders in our lives. Psalm 112. You ready? We'll read one more verse, maybe look at a couple things. But notice this in Psalm 112. Psalms 112, we're going to look at verse 1. I'll let you get there. Honor. Ascribed value. Is there a a blessing that comes to our life that's inherently connected to honor or true value? And, And it doesn't take anything to muster true value. I mean, there are people who will... Kids don't always honor things right, you know. They could be in your house, and you're allowed to play football. Then they go to some fancy mansion. You know, you see an open house, or go to a friend's house. And we live in a house where everything is kid-proof. You can knock it over, big deal. We'll go get another one of those. Then you go to this other person's house, and the lamps are a thousand or a few thousand dollars a piece. And they still want to play football because they can't decipher All we do is we don't beat them. Somebody said, I do. Well, that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to educate them about the true value. Then when they know what the true value is, they can act appropriately. They don't have to muster anything. You could just relax. And faith is that way. I-, I could relax if I just know the true value. It's already there. It's already there. Psalms 112 says, Bless the Lord, or praise the Lord. Notice this, and how many times if you're a Christian have you read a verse like this? Blessed is the man. You can almost think that's a cliche. Blessed is the man. Bless you, sister. Bless you, brother. You're blessed. I'm blessed. No, no, no. This is a powerful word. Blessed. Blessings. Stuff. Endowed upon you. Oh, you're blessed. Everything got taken away. We wouldn't think like that. No, we'd think stuff being heaped upon. Goodness. Whatever it is. Blessed is the man Aren't you, got, aren't you man glad that he said men? And, you know, this doesn't matter for women. It's kind of a bummer. But man, we have a special promise. I have a friend, his name is Mark, and he said, he knows where the verse is in the Bible, it says Mark the perfect man. That means, you know, point him out. Not his name's Mark. But, you know, you need to find these verses, men, here it is. It's a bummer for women, you know, you know your verses, Proverbs 31. But bummer for you. Yeah, all she does is work. Right, all she does is work and supply. That's the right thing. But God blesses it, right? <laughs> Blessed is the man. Think about this when God speaks and calls man, he's only saying mankind, he means male or female, a human being. He says, blessed is the man or the person who fears. One of the definitions for honor is fear. So you could say it like this. Blessed is the man who fears, honors, values the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Who just values, who who just sees the inherent value that's already in His Word? Well, that can make you relax because I'm trying to get faith. Trying to get faith. Because faith comes by hearing the Word. What, what, What if faith comes based on the measure of how I honor His Word? How I value His Word? And what if I delight greatly in his word I go whoa his word is tremendous there's tremendous value here he said y- y- blessings will be all over you it's automatic we-, we talked about this Friday at prayer we talked about a harvesting heart you know we don't always teach but we did and talked about how the heart will harvest things based on what's planted. You know, the underlying thing that helps the seeds in your heart is this subject of honor, value. Notice it doesn't have anything to do with human performance. It's just an evaluation of wow. When I put a wow factor on what he said, above all things, those seeds get in my heart. Because when I dewow it, is that a word? de I'm like a rapper, de You know, when I... Stop it. Now, I'm preaching be honorable to de Anyway, it is my... David, D. And um, this is clicking. I'm going to lose where I was at, but I'll get back there. But you think about it. If I... Um, don't put a great price on it, something. Don't we naturally kind of eh, things that have a low price? Just in life, I oh, would well just get another one, you know, or I'll just throw it away and start over. Well, you're not going to do that with a Mona Lisa. Just throw it away and start over. Price, <laughs> effect. When I look at God's word and I just inherently, from a core attitude, just have a real high respect, a real, a real high value of his word, I think, whoa, value, I'm open to that. When I'm like, I don't need that, it's not for me i can good enough on my own, I've I've just brought the value down. doesn't mean the value came down, it's just how I value it has come down. But if on the other hand I go, wow, his value's up here, I've been thinking wrong about this, I need to up the value, your honor just went whoop, and you're opening your heart up for a miracle. Doesn't matter about anybody else, nobody else can stop this from happening. Everybody else can dishonor. Everybody else can honor it, just it's me or just you. And and if I can muster the reality that is there that this is huge in value, oh my, my heart just is going to be open. Those words are going to get in and they're going to produce something. Notice blessed, blessed his blessings. Will work on you. Blessed is the man who reverences, honors, and values the Lord. But it's the Lord in his word who delights greatly in his word. You know, the delight, you know, anybody remember that verse? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That word delight means be pliable, be flexible, and he'll be able to put things in your heart. If I'm like, I I can't hear that, I don't want to hear that, I'm not flexible. But the minute I put value there, man, flexibility comes and I go, speak, speak, speak. And what you say is good enough for me. Amen.